From APM American Public Media, this is the American Radio Works podcast. I'm Stephen Smith. A new global survey shows that American adults scored below average in literacy and math skills, even though they've spent more time in school than adults in many other countries. The first-of-its-kind survey was conducted by the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. It compared 16 to 65-year-olds in 24 developed countries. The survey showed high scorers not only have better employment and higher income, but they are also more likely to participate in civic life. The report is not shy about explaining what works and what doesn't when it comes to education policy. The main author of the report joins me on the podcast this week. He is Andreas Schleicher, Deputy Director for Education and Skills at the OECD. We've called him at his office in Paris. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. So which countries scored best and which scored worst? Well, if you look at the top end, you find countries like uh, Japan and Finland uh, that outperform others by quite a large margin. And at the bottom, you find countries like uh, Spain and Italy. And in between, there's a lot of variability. And where did the United States rank? An average performer. The biggest challenge for the United States is the young population. You know, you have older adults that come out uh, relatively well. But if you look at sort of the 16 or 24-year-old group, uh, they are doing quite poorly, particularly when you look to fields like numeracy. And what can you say about what the Finns are doing right that the United States might learn from? They make sure that every child has access to good schooling, good learning. Uh, Success doesn't depend as much on the social context from which students come as it does in the United States. I think that's very, very sort of, it's a key fact. I mean, one of the things that our survey shows is actually that performance of the young is a pretty good predictor for what happens afterwards. Anything that you do later is not impossible. There are actually some countries doing really well on adult learning, like Norway or Denmark. Uh, But, you know, it's harder and it's more expensive to do that. What those countries also do well, typically, say, provide very strong links between the world of learning and the world of work. We found that skill development can be a lot more relevant, a lot more effective if those two worlds are integrated, because learning in the workplace allows people to develop hard skills on modern equipment, but also soft skills such as teamwork, negotiation in real-world environments and sort of making learning everybody's business. You said that in the United States, a a person's academic ability is very much rooted in the social context. What what do you mean by that? It means that, you know, if your parents are well-educated, you tend out to come well on on the test. If your parents are not well-educated, you tend to come out worse. And that's true in every country, I can say, but it's true to a different extent. If you look to Japan, for example, also there, social background makes a difference, but by far not as much as it does in the United States. On a positive note, though, we see that relationship playing out more strongly among the middle-aged, older age workers than among the very young. So maybe there are some signs of progress, but overall, you know, social background is still a pretty strong predictor for the success in the United States, more so than in many of the high performers. And ethnic background was a was a critical factor for those people who are likely to have poor skills in the United States. Absolutely. You know, social background, ethnic background, they all play into this. And uh, again, you know, it's a feature that we see around the world, but to different extents. And I think that also tells us that, you know, we can do better. If the United States wants to be more competitive, can you give some ideas about who's problem it is? I mean, where the the work really needs to be done? Is it in preschool, elementary school, high school, college? 
Well, you know, giving everybody a good start is sort of the, the, the basic lesson that we take from this. You know, if you, if you get a poor start in education, it's going to be hard and expensive to fix that later on. Uh, at the very same time, you know, the United States actually compared internationally does quite well when you look at the performance of primary school children. The big issues, the, the students lag behind more and more as they grow older, and sort of it's the secondary school, right, it's high school years where we really see the gap opening. Was there a correlation between how much a country spends per student and how well it did in the survey? There is, but actually the correlation is weaker than what many people think. Um, for example, if you look at results in schooling, that's something that doesn't come from the survey, but from another survey that we call the PISA survey, we only explain about you know 20% uh, by volume of spending. A lot more is determined by how you invest your resources. You know, high-performing education systems typically prioritize the quality of teachers over things like the size of classes. And in the United States, we've often seen things going the other way around. So, so, yeah, money matters, but there are a lot of other things that matter even more. And it would sound like time spent in schooling uh, is not as critical a factor as one might think, given that people in the United States spend more time in school but didn't do as well as some other countries. So it's actually an interesting feature. When you look at this within a country, you can say that adding more time adds more value. When you look at this across country, that relationship disappears entirely. You know, some of the best performing systems have actually very little volume of learning times, but they provide a high level of quality of learning times. You know, learning outcomes are always the product of quantity and quality. And it's the quality that really is often at stake. One of the big reforms that's uh, in play here in the United States is called the Common Core State Standards, an effort to have a common set of expectations from one state to the next. Does the centrality of the educational bureaucracy in other countries add value? Does it, is one of the problems in the United States that we have such local control that there's no centralized kind of plan? I'm not sure centrality is of sort of value in its own, but um, maybe critical masses. And I, I do believe that the approach the Common Core standards are taking is a very, very important one that we actually also see in most of uh, the high-performing education systems to have a very clearly articulated shared notion of what, what is good performance and to bring that down to every classroom, every teacher. And the, the Common Core standards actually are quite closely linked and modeled on what we see in the highest performing nations. So in other words, you know, it, it is not so important is it done at the, at, the, at the nation level or at the state level, but to have that kind of vision is uh, fundamental for success. In fact, you know, when you ask yourselves why do the Chinese come out so well on most comparisons, because every student, every teacher, every parent knows what is required to succeed. Every sort of performance goals are very clearly articulated, and they're not sort of modeled around uh, performance on some simple test, but there is a very sort of deep notion about what good performance is in math and science. And the Common Core standards really do this, do that kind of thing. Should there be a Common Core for adult education? Uh, probably true, but you know, in, in, in one way, the workplace provides that. We actually see that the literacy numeracy skills that we have assessed here are very strong predictors for your earnings, for your employment, but also for important social outcomes. You know, you can see that there is a relationship between how people engage themselves in, in, in social work, uh, volunteering. Uh, there is a relationship between you know, the, your skills and the level of trust you invest in others. And in that sense, you know, the, the marketplace is, is actually 
a good way, actually, to valorize your skills. The United States actually I've said a lot of sort of maybe negative things about the skills in the, in the population, but let me say a very important positive finding, and that is that the U.S. labor market is very, very good at extracting value from available skills. So actually, if you have great skills in the United States, you're going to see a lot more benefits from this than you do see in many other countries. Andreas Schleicher, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Andreas Schleicher is Deputy Director for Education and Skills at the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. A link to the results from the Global Survey of Adult Skills is on our website, AmericanRadioWorks.org. While you're there, you can find more podcasts about adult education and a range of issues in K-12 and higher ed. Browse our archive of more than 100 documentary projects and let us know what you think of our coverage. That's AmericanRadioWorks.org. We're on Facebook at American.RadioWorks and Twitter at AMRadioWorks. Support for American Radio Works comes from Lumina Foundation, the William and Flora Hewlett Foundation, and the Spencer Foundation. I'm Stephen Smith. Thanks for listening. This is APM, American Public Media.